0: This is Rachel McElroy.
1: Hello, this is Griffin McElroy.
0: And <laughs> this is wonderful. Mm. You are so far back from that microphone.
1: I'm sitting in repose, aren't I?
0: You are. You're very reposeful right now.
1: It's my birthday position. Oh, I've assumed the birthday position. Okay. I can't pretend. I can't even pretend to enjoy that. I can't even pretend to enjoy how bad that sounded. My my audio engineer side of me was like, "Hey, dog, <laughs> this is not a good bit. I um, I'll try to yeah, assume the position sitting. This
0: will come out on your birthday, huh?
1: This is going to come out on the most wonderful day of the. Y- I, who is this bit for? What are you? Are you twenty eight now? Look, twenty eight. Don't I? Well, you do twenty eight months old. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a two-and-a-third-year-old baby, don't I?
0: Mm-hmm. Tight
1: skin, soft, smooth pores. Mm-hmm. Two years two years old on top, but all man on bottom. Yeah, party in the front, baby in the back. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my 32nd. Getting, getting there, getting there. 32 does nothing for me. That, how many Baskin-Robin flavors is there? 37? 31? It's 34? I I cannot
0: think of it while you're shouting out numbers. 17,
1: 26. (laughs) I don't know. It was a TCBY man. We uh, had seven flavors and uh, we stuck with them. No, you had the flavors that we had. We only gave you the good flavors, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not going to pad that shit out with some garbage like, you know,
0: 31 at Baskin Robbins. Maybe I think
1: so. Well, then I don't like being bigger than that number. What's Heinz fifty two? I'm fine as long as I'm under that. Yeah, it's my birthday, and um, happy birthday, Griffin. Thank you, Rachel. It's about time. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we're recording this the night before, and you know what a fact checker I am. I know. It's just like when we started dating, you would always at midnight on my birthday. How would I? You would wrestle me from. You would wrestle me.
0: <laughs> I would wrestle you.
1: You would wrestle me out of bed, and you'd uh-huh. slam me to the floor, and you'd say, <laughs> "Happy birthday." And I would say, thank you. That means a lot, I love you. It's the waking me up in the middle of the night just to let me know. So maybe tonight,
0: maybe we see that tonight. You really, you want me to wake you up tonight.
1: There's no way that I, you would be able to do if that.
0: If I were in your shoes, I'd be so
1: angry. Yeah, that's true. Sleep is so precious. It is the most precious commodity. Hey, do you have any small wonders? I do, uh, but I would like you to go first. I'm going to say uh, open window weather. We've been uh, we've been tossing those bad boys wide uh, the past couple weeks or so, and we got just that good spring air. It's been raining a lot, and on days where it's not raining, we have this creek that we can hear, and it's just like this gentle, like rushing water sound, and you get the good spring smells and the nice cool air in there. Oh my gosh, you can't beat it. I almost said open windows. Well, then uh, you got snatched.
0: Um, I will say playoff hockey.
1: Oh yeah,
0: it has been a terribly exciting series so far. This is the first round of the playoffs. It is the uh, St. Louis Blues versus the Winnipeg Jets. They are very evenly matched. Yes, uh, and every game has been incredible so far.
1: There's a concept in fighting games called a mirror match, and that's where like Ryu f- versus Ryu. Like a player who's very good at Dolcim fights oh. another player who's very good at Dalsim. And I feel like I'm watching the hockey equivalent of that.
0: I will say that the teams really have different strengths. Mm. Like they're both good teams, but in completely different ways, it feels yes. like. Uh, so it's been interesting to watch them kind of go back and forth.
1: We're missing a game as we record this. Do you want me to just like Google it and give you the live score no, updates?
0: No, 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 no. Yeah. I want to watch it in its entirety. That'd
1: be terrible for all of us. I think you go first this week. I do. What's your, What's your, What are you selling?
0: Um. Well, this new poetry corner chair. Oh, is also a suitcase.
1: The dome, 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 the dome, dome. Hey, baby, I hear the poetry calling—tossed verses and scrambled lines. Oh, no, I'm talking about the chair.
0: I'm not doing a poetry corner. <laughs> I meant to say this new chair is. Also a suitcase in which I keep my first thing. I'm so sorry. Everybody listening right now must be so angry. I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't do this on your birthday, waste, I've been I've been holding on to that one for so long.
0: I'm pretty sure you've already done that one.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: My first thing yeah. will hopefully be as exciting to you.
1: Is it Fraser? Because then I could still use that.
0: It is Rediscovering foods that I didn't like as a kid and now like. That
1: is the shit right okay. there. Okay. It's so good. Okay. Good. How many? I had so many foods I didn't like.
0: Yes. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, so I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been really into uh, tuna.
1: Oh, yeah. Wait, coming from a can or from either, uh, from, you know, on or fancy. In
0: the, in the sushi form. Or cooked. I'm just a big fan of tuna. Okay. Oh, is not something I wanted to eat as a child.
1: No, I mean, I didn't have much exposure to the sushi form, but I think we didn't do like tuna fish. I don't think anybody in my family is actually a big fan of tuna. So I just didn't have Mm -hmm. any opinion on tuna.
0: I also didn't like ketchup as a kid.
1: Oh, that's wild. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this before.
0: We have. Yeah. And I've just started to uh, appreciate it on a French fry.
1: I just remembered my only like first exposure to tuna was seeing them at Subway scoop it out of the tub with oh, a yeah. ice cream scoop. And there's no substance when scooped out of a Subway tub with an ice cream <laughs> scoop that's going to seem desirable.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and I found this article. So there was a survey carried out by... Okay, now this... Now, before you discount this survey, uh, you should know that it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's it was three people, so don't but it's really interesting with these three people. So to this say. is
0: from the telegraph and the survey was carried out by popcorn makers Butterkissed.
1: Popcorn <laughs> say that whole thing.
0: Popcorn makers. Yes. And the name of the company is Butterkissed. I imagine this is a UK thing because it's the telegraph. Butterkissed? Or K-I-S-T. K-I-S-T. So it's like, like sun-kissed sun kissed with butter?
1: Fuck yeah, UK, get So it. I can't
0: speak to the validity of this survey, but okay. I very much
1: enjoyed it. All right. Okay,
0: so they surveyed adults to figure out at what age they started liking certain foods.
1: Like, for instance, a delicious bag of butter-kissed popcorn.
0: <laughs> so I think they would start with like... You know, the the youngest age on here is nineteen. So maybe they started with nineteen year olds and said, like, do you like this, 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 check, and then up to twenty and whatever. And so they got like a list of foods by average age that the participants started
1: appreciating. Okay. So these are appetite sort of like break points. Like Mm -hmm. nineteen is when Brussels sprout the Brussels sprouts gene activates. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so I actually don't have Brussels sprouts on this list. Well, the Brussels sprouts don't count because the first time you have them prepared in a way that is tasty to you is the first time. <laughs> like I moved to Austin and yeah. had those like, you know, fish sauce Brussels sprouts and was like, oh, that's it. That's yeah. what these are. Okay.
0: So there's a variety of foods on here. Some of them I think are relevant to us okay. uh, and actually kind of encouraged me. Maybe I should try them again. Okay. You know, Um, Olives.
1: Still bad. No age, thanks. Age 25. I keep trying those little sal- salty motherfuckers, I and I still do I not know. enjoy the feel. Uh, oysters, age
0: 24.
1: Yeah, that's... Oh, shit. That actually... Yeah, circle gets the square. Right. That's right about when I started getting into those bad boys.
0: Here's the one that surprised me.
1: Yeah. Goat cheese, 28.
0: Do you <sighs> ever remember disliking goat cheese? Oh I don't yeah! Think I ever did. Oh my
1: god, yeah! It's so like dry and like it's not dry at all. It's super. It's bit. It's always felt like drier than regular cheese. Maybe dry is not the right word, but like it doesn't have that smooth cheese. It's crumbly. Quality. Yeah, but
0: it's very moist.
1: Um. All right. Uh. Agree to disagree.
0: Okay. Uh. Let's see. Uh, asparagus twenty three. Yeah. Avocado 23. See, I was late to avocados. I was
1: too, but I just moved to Texas, so. Mm -hmm.
0: So I thought this was interesting. So I thought liking more complex foods as you get older is a sign of a refined palate. Okay. But actually, uh, infants are born with much more taste buds than we have. Hmm. Infants have around 30,000 taste buds spread throughout their
1: mouth. What do I have right now? Like 14.
0: Uh, probably less than 10,000.
1: Did you just make that up?
0: Well, I did some research and it varies on what I found. Oh, okay. Um, I found like 9,000 and 15,000 I
1: don't know. It varies. How big is your tongue? I got a pretty big one. So I bet Gene Simmons got a lot of ones.
0: <laughs> so here's, here's what I found interesting. So a taste bud is very good at regenerating. So, you know, like when you burn your tongue or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, cells replace themselves every one to two
1: weeks. Okay.
0: But as you get older, they stop replenishing. Oh shit! So you get fewer and fewer taste buds ah. the older you get.
1: Oh man, I gotta stop eating stuff that's too hot. I
0: know. Women generally report losing taste in their fifties, and
1: men in their sixties. Hell yeah! Nice. <laughs> I win. We win at one of them. <laughs> that means you get you have a longer lifespan than men. But guess what? You don't get to taste yeah, food no, as long, true. do you?
0: They also said some of that may be due to loss of smell, which also happens when you get older. Ah, beans. Mm -hmm. That sounds
1: bad. I, at church camp one year, I had a whole bag of lemon uh, nuclear warheads, those like little sour candies. And I ate like a whole bag in one day and it like destroyed my tongue. Like my tongue was... Like so raw. It felt like I'd been eating sandpaper for a month. And then I ate some sour cream and onion Pringles. And I had to like throw my face into the swimming pool because that was the most pain I've ever had in my entire life. And then I couldn't taste anything like the rest of the week. It was wild. But I think I've bounced back.
0: I don't know. Now I'm
1: curious. Yeah. I mean, I can't eat olives. So I think I still have some taste buds (laughs) in there telling me how bad those are.
0: So the reason uh, that babies have so many taste buds, Taste buds is very uh, possibly a biological reason uh, Mm. because babies' taste buds are configured for fat and like sugar packed, like milk. Okay. The idea is Does breast milk have a bunch of sugar in it? It's sweet, yeah, and has a bunch of fat, but then the idea is they get older, they still, you know, have that preference, and it's because they need more calories than at any other time in a person's life, so they're going to be more drawn towards, like, the sweet, fatty foods because it's what they need to put on the pounds.
1: Gosh, it makes more sense now why Henry is so, like, particular on any given day. It's just because he's tasting shit stronger, and so, like, my 30,000 taste buds don't want chicken nuggets. Despite or the fact that I wanted them for the past year. What
0: we do a lot is we'll like cook something and then we'll reheat it and usually on the second reheat he's like what no is way. this? <laughs> so
1: yes,
0: yeah, so I thought that was interesting. I was just like, "Oh, I'm growing up and I'm, my taste my palate is so much more refined now and it's like oh no, potentially I have less taste buds and so these things don't bother me anymore yeah. because I don't taste them as much."
1: What is like the biggest one that you got over that is now like a staple of like your whole thing now?
0: I mean, I was really anti pickle for a while.
1: You do love yourself a pickle. I'm still love on pickles the fence. Now. For me, it was soy sauce. I couldn't stand oh. it. My mom made stir fry like every two weeks. She would make stir fry, That's and like fair. I hated it. I did not like it. No, and yeah. it's the best. It's very good.
0: Yeah. Some of the other ones on this list are spinach, which is 21, uh, mussels, which is 21, uh, horseradish sauce, which is 21. Whew. I totally get that one. Man, yeah. that took me a while. Uh, and then anchovies, 22. I still I feel like I want to give that a shot again.
1: Yeah, let's give that a spin. Let's eat some anchovies as soon as we finish recording this. Okay. About. We feed them to each other as a birthday surprise.
0: What is that accent you just did? I don't
1: know. It came out. <laughs> we feed them to each other as a birthday surprise. It's a little,
0: uh, it's a little of the room.
1: Maybe a little bit. Can I tell you about my first thing? Yes. My first thing is a song. This song is by an artist named Anderson Pock. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that correct. There's a period in there as well, stylized with a period, so I don't know if it's Anderson. Pac, and the song, uh, he just came out with a new album, but this is actually a song from last year, a single he put out called uh, Tell It's Over, and uh, I am deeply obsessed with it and have not been tracking my Spotify plays, but if I had, I imagine it would be up there. This was my favorite thing about old iTunes. Did you ever do, I don't know if you like, Favored iTunes is your music listening app. You are probably a Winamp girl, but uh, it would show you like exactly how many times you played each song
0: yeah when i first had my first ipod i remember noticing that
1: yeah i feel i wish spotify did that i want a score of how many times i've listened to this song because it's a lot uh so anderson pock if you never listened uh to him he's an r&b artist and he's kind of a multidisciplinarian. like he's a uh singer he's got a beautiful voice but he also plays like a bunch of instruments and he's like a super talented drummer And he is like a video producer, like, and he's very, very much on his grind. Uh, He's put out like five albums in the past, I want to say like five years. Uh, And uh, so he has this new album out and you can, you know, find that wherever. And it's probably more representative of his usual style. Like he's just got this like buttery voice, just this butter smooth voice. And his songs are like really super soulful and, uh, occasionally, like kind of you know pretty funky R and B tracks, and he does a ton of collaborations on his albums, and that stuff's all really great. Tell It's Over, I feel like is not anything like that, which is um, maybe weird that it's the song of his that I have become so obsessed with. Um, I feel like it stands apart because it's. Um, It's a lot quieter than his other songs, like it's very pared down, and it's also a lot more synthy, like it's a lot more electronic-y. Specifically, it has this one like very distorted, like gated, wobbly synth sound that I'm just like, absolutely is my favorite sound I've ever heard. Uh, It's still like, it's very frenetic and and frantic, but I feel like it's still a really smooth uh, song. I'm gonna go ahead and play a little bit of it now so you can get a little taste of the flavor. Don't all this new music sound the same Yeah, we must be getting old and gray We left early, girl, that band was shh, anyway we went home and left our clothes up in the living space. Say, you say if you're You listened to this today when I sent it to you, right? I
0: did, yeah. But I couldn't tell when you sent it to me if you were sending it to me because of the song or the
1: video. So, yes, the thing I sent to Rachel is actually how I discovered this song, is how I actually imagine a lot of people discovered this song because it came out around the same time that the song came out. Uh, this song was featured in an Apple commercial for the HomePod. Um, if you've never seen it, stop right now and go watch it. I swear to you, you will not regret it. It is one of the best commercials I've ever seen. It is a Spike Jones uh, uh, commercial, and he makes like exclusively super good ones uh there was like a perfume ad with the i think a woman from the leftovers just like dancing and like smashing through this building uh that was wild what what was the other big spike jones commercial i feel like he had a bunch of super big ones. I
0: know, it's hard to think of right now.
1: I know, and that's a shame. He's done a ton of work. He did a bunch of like Michel Gondry stuff too, but uh, this commercial features uh, a woman called FKA Twigs who is this like super avant-garde musician and dancer. Um, And in this commercial, she is living in a big city and she's just come home. She's off the train and she gets into her apartment and asks the HomePod to play something that she would like. And so it starts playing uh, till it's over. I don't know if the HomePod is like a... Like another voice recognition robot where every time I I say that word, it's like activating people's shit. So I apologize Mm -hmm. for that if that's the case. Um, And so it starts playing this song and she discovers she has this superpower to make things in her apartment stretch out. Like she'll Mm -hmm. like, as she's dancing, like gesture in one direction with her shoulder and her coffee table will like... Elongate in that direction. I actually watched a behind the scenes like making of video, and like most of that stuff is practical effects. So after you're done oh. watching the music video, like watch the making of because you get to see watch how it. The, I'll have to do that because she, she starts to do stuff like as she's dancing of like stretching an entire wall in one direction and then like moving her shoulders, like wiggling them backwards. And now the wall like moves kind of at a diagonal. Yeah. And it's like what it is this really, really trippy effect that is perfect, perfectly synchronized to this like awesome song. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. But yeah. I just I think I this is a weird thing that I get sometimes and weirdly I think it's a lot with commercials where I will associate a song with a video or a video with a song and then when I think of one that I like I think of the other one that I like and it makes me like both of them like exponentially more Um, but yeah I don't I don't have a whole lot more to say I just really like the song it's very like uh it's very unpredictable like it has all these different sounds in it and all these little distortions to it and i feel like every time i listen to it like i hear some new yeah, today i was that's I, the
0: thing about anderson pock too is that like the music is very complex like it's very interesting and engaging i feel like anytime i listen to his music i feel like i am just like i am very locked in yeah you know like it it i it I don't know how to ex- describe it better than that.
1: I th- I feel like uh, this is maybe a pedestrian st- comparison, but it kind of reminds me of like the new D'Angelo stuff, where it's just like so many layers of yeah. stuff on top of each other. And this song doesn't have that. I feel like this song has like three layers, but they're constantly changing. Yeah. So like, we'll take the drums out and put in a harp now, and it's like, yeah. whoa, okay. Um, and like, I was driving home today, and I was listening to the kick drum. I was just listening to the kick drum, and it was so weird. It was like a weird weird pattern for this kick drum and it was really really distorted and the snare sounded kind of shitty like the snare sounded like really kind of like compressed and and robotic but like in the context of the song it sounds really cool and neat like i don't know i think it is just a neat little little audio collage of a song and uh lyrics are neat too it's about like a, uh i think like a couple who are going their separate ways and not making a big deal out of it it's neat yeah it's a neat song Uh huh. it's a neat track I approve. If you could stretch out one room in our house with uh, FKA Twigs Dance Magic, which one would you do?
0: Oh, I mean, it'd be nice to have like a really long bathtub. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I would do it to my piano because then I could f- find out the new keys, the secret notes.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> Hey, can I steal you away?
1: Yeah. And I'm going to play this stinger in the secret notes. With I change the word they say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food.
0: So head to FactorMeals.com/wonderful50 and use code Wonderful50 to get fifty percent off. That's code Wonderful50 at FactorMeals.com/wonderful50 to get 50% off.
1: Got Jumbatri, I'm hearing this one's for Sarah. It is from Joe, who says, your poetry is wonderful. So I wanted to give you your own little poetry corner. May it forever brighten your days. I love you. You wanna handle this? You're the professional.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I romanticize hammocks the same way I romanticize mornings. Day no longer breaks, but neither do I. I sway in the nook of your neck like a lullaby, your pulse sinking into mine like a polygraph needle on paper.
1: What's your professional opinion on this one?
0: A plus. Oh, wow. I Very much. I enjoy the, uh, I sway in the nook of your neck like a lullaby. Yeah. Cadence, and that's real nice. You
1: gave Robert Frost a B minus. That's that's saying something. Mm. Uh, You want to read this other trombotron? Yes. This message is for Graham. It is from Elliot. Happy late
0: birthday, Graham. You're 29 now. So you only have one more year to become a 30 under 30 media luminary. Sorry again for that time at my bachelor party where you got a black eye and didn't get to eat any of the cookies. Love you, bro.
1: It's those kinds of hardships that forge us 30 under 30 types.
0: (sighs) (laughs) Is there a new like 33 under 33 that you could get on
1: they actually just stopped doing them after my year oh did they yeah so no more luminaries out there yeah sorry guys
0: (laughs) hi it's ali kokesh one of the cast members of mission to zix a new addition to the max fun network we're blown away by the welcome we've received from max fun listeners telling us you've discovered the show and are binging it hard supporting us during the drive and just being rad humans all around Mission to Zix is an improvised, obsessively sound designed sci fi comedy epic, following a group of ambassadors as they explore the ass end of space. I play Dar, the 12 foot tall, omnisexual security officer with furry scales, chest talons, and a series of flaps and shoots that are for. Yeah, you know what? You'll figure it out. We'd be delighted if you joined our crew aboard the aging, sentient starship, the Bargerian Jade, as we travel the Zix Quadrant, meeting all sorts of weird aliens played by brilliant guest comedians. That's Mission to Zix. Zyxx. Do you want to hear my second thing? Yes. So I was very inspired last week when you brought chill hop. Oh yeah. And so this week
1: I'm bringing trip hop. Should I go ahead and start lining up whatever the next? (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
0: there's hip hop.
1: I'll do trap. I'm gonna do trap next week. I think.
0: Okay. Uh, are you familiar with trip hop?
1: I wasn't, but in my defense, it sounds like a very, 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 very specific thing.
0: It, because yes. I
1: Googled around it and I was like, it's these three bands. Yeah, no,
0: exactly. And those bands are <laughs> Massive Attack, Tricky, and Portishead. Right, yeah. Although I will say that trip hop influenced a lot of later artists, uh, including, if you'll recall, the Sneaker Pimps. No. No? Missed them. Uh, the other ones I found are Thievery Corporation. Oh, sure. And Morchiba. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, so, trip-hop started in the 1990s in the UK, uh, and it's kind of a mix of hip-hop and electronica with a lot of other stuff in there, too.
1: I've not heard the word electronica pronounced <laughs> out loud, <laughs> maybe since the 1990s.
0: Uh, so, Massive Attack, Tricky, and Portishead were kind of the pioneers of this movement, yeah. although... the Understandably, they are not a fan of it being called
1: trip hop. It's so weird. I don't yeah. understand why it's called that.
0: So, in the 1990s is when it was most popular, and and as I mentioned earlier, there are bands today that are kind of still doing it, uh, including um, Massive Attack in particular, is still putting out albums every sure. once in a while.
1: It's uh, the combination of electronic and hip hop music is just like that's you're describing. A lot of shit now. Yeah. And I don't know that you would qualify that stuff as trip-hop. It's just, it's, it's just kind of hip-hop, and it has electronic stuff in it.
0: So my connection to it actually does start in the 90s. Um, my friend Ariel and I were working at a art camp at Lammire Sculpture Park. Okay. And there was a real cool counselor who had long hair.
1: His name is Jeremy Portishead.
0: <laughs> and he used to uh, – he had the teen – Campers. He was kind of like the counselor for the oldest group. We were at that point we were counselors in training.
1: So uh, we were couldn't uh, handle these teens. We
0: were paid employees of the sculpture park. Uh we got a stipend of a hundred dollars every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh but he used to uh, read his camper's Jack Handy and he would play Portishead. <laughs> this combination is wild. Are <laughs> This is a very cool guy.
1: Yeah, this is a really cool guy with his portis head and his Jack Handy. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Wait, what what's wrong with that? One of those things is cool. Is Jack Handy still cool? Are we still calling Jack Handy very cool? I thought he was funny when I was a teen. I did too, but I don't. I'd never thought he was hip. I would I guess, never say. I would never say. Let me. You know, what would go a great pairing with this. With these deep <laughs> thoughts, would be some Portishead.
0: He just. I guess he just had his finger on on a very niche pulse. He had his finger on two
1: and. fucking wildly different pulses.
0: So a lot of you may recognize uh, Portishead once you hear it. Uh, So I want you, Griffin, if you don't mind, to play a little bit from the song Glory Box.
1: Let me just pop the CD in.
0: Uh, so the thing about trip hop that I like so much is I feel like it's very similar to chill hop in that it has this kind of like electronic, very like mellow tone to it. Um, but it's also kind of a little uh, more emotional given like the lyric quality to it. And also it tends to be kind of uh, depressive.
1: Yeah. It's usually uh, <laughs> just some gentle beats with mm. usually a woman singing over it that you can really smoke some weed to. It's what it seems like. <laughs>
0: Um so the other band I wanted to play a song from is Massive Attack. Uh and and they were very inspired by bands like The Cure. Uh so I was hoping you could play the song Teardrop by Massive Attack.
1: I don't have that one. Oh, oh yeah, I do. No. Here it goes. Love
0: So both the Head song I cited and the Massive Attack song I cited came out on albums released in 1994.
1: Okay. So it was a big year for trip hop. Was this like during grunge and stuff? Like, how come that's the one we talk about?
0: Kurt Cobain and I, I Eddie Vedder? Yeah, I guess, yeah <laughs> I guess they had
1: more stuff going on a little bit.
0: Uh, trip hop wasn't, you know, like I imagine going to see a live trip hop show is not like Yeah exactly as thrilling as seeing like a grunge rock band
1: i imagine you have to be sitting on a papasan chair to really enjoy a trip-hop show (laughs)
0: uh but i love the portis Hub album dummy i love so much and that that album was just on loop at art camp that one summer and then ariel and i both went out and bought it and we were obsessed with it yeah uh it's very very good
1: and then you bought the best of jack handy and you (laughs) (laughs) went up in the attic
0: i out of all people you would be like super uh, yeah. excited about a bunch of teens
1: yes but i there was always a jack handy book in the bathroom on the, <laughs> on, the, on the did you equate him with like dave Barry? no we always had a deep thoughts book we always had a deep thoughts book of some sort
0: i just always thought it was really counterculture and cool
1: uh okay
0: is that not true <laughs>
1: They were funny. I'll always remember there was one that was like, um, I wish I had a shrimp that was big enough that I could ride it like a cowboy and it could take me from place to place. And then when I got there, I could eat it because I love shrimp.
0: (laughs) How is that any different than Mitch Hedberg?
1: I guess it's pretty Mitch Hedberg. I guess Jack Handy was a real hip dude now that I think about it. (laughs) Thank you. Can I talk about my second thing? Yes. I want to talk about Easter egg hunts. I'm kind of surprised. I thought this may be the first time on an episode where we both bring the same thing. Because I know you've been sort of planning one. I know you've sort of been eyeing the idea of an Easter egg hunt. I do like an Easter egg hunt. I love an Easter egg hunt. I loved it when I was a kid, too. Because it was like Halloween with a win condition. It was like competitive Halloween. You could win and lose and it was also like halloween. Wow,
0: well, and I love snooping around and investigating.
1: I love snooping around and investigating. Um, and we obviously haven't done it. I think my Easter sort of celebration has fallen off a little bit since I moved away from from home yes, because yes. a lot of things about this and this is not to, you know, reduce the religious significance of the holiday if that is if that is, you know, important to you. Um, but I feel like a lot of the uh, the, the things that we associate with the more secular parts of the holiday, uh, are all more kid focused than your other sort of holidays. And there's the Easter egg hunt and the bunny that comes and brings kids baskets full of candies and sometimes toys if you have cool parents. Um, and we are just kind of now eyeing that proposition because we have a two year old who loves all of that stuff I just said, um, you had Easter baskets, right? We saw a commercial, and in one of them, the commercials, they put a Nintendo Switch in the Easter basket, which is obviously ludicrous. But I think you were—it seemed like you were surprised by the idea of toys in the Easter basket.
0: Oh, no, no. It was the Nintendo Switch.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no,
0: although I will say—so I kind of got two Easter baskets because I got the one at home with my parents, and then I would go to my mom's mom mom's mom's house yeah (laughs) uh and she would make easter baskets for like every single grandchild Wow! Uh, and then as we got older she would just put candy in a ziploc bag and write her name on it even better
1: (laughs) uh we have a home video of us going going hard on easter and it was fun we shot a little movie of we got gi joe's in our baskets and then we had them fight against a peep army and I tried to eat my first peep and it was gross and I spit it out but the best part is that Travis and Justin both got sneaker snappers and they were so excited about their sneaker snappers. Tell me
0: again what that is.
1: They were these were they they had different like sort of franchise like brands. So these oh. were they might uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I get them confused because TMBG, TMNT. Anyway, they were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So it would be like you know. I
0: think I remember these. Michelangelo's were they like face barrettes. For they were like your barrettes that you would yeah, weave these. over
1: your shoelaces and then snap them. Oh my and gosh, then, how funny! Then it would just be like, yeah, look at my shoe. That's Leonardo. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> why haven't those come back i want to see somebody put some you know some some turtles up on their yeezys or something kids
0: don't wear shoes anymore that's true
1: (laughs) uh so uh, there's obviously that's the stuff right the the basket is cool and the the dyeing the easter eggs that's neat we used to do that
0: that is fun and you write on them in crayons so that the wax keeps the dye from going yeah
1: and that's fun but for me it's the easter egg hunt that's the star Um, we, I, I think it's fun. What I like about it is it's fun for the parents too. It's fun. It's equally fun for the hiders as it is for the seekers. Like finding a really good hiding spot for an egg is almost as rewarding as like, finding that egg
0: yes we we i have participated since i moved to austin in two adult egg hunts yes it was super fun the
1: last time rachel and i used to be cool and we used to for a joint sort of birthday celebration we would rent a like cheap kind of shitty lake house uh, near austin And one time we did it around Easter and we did an Easter egg hunt with Jello shots inside the Easter eggs, which was, first of all, that whole weekend was a mess. It was a messy, messy time. I actually got
0: that idea because we did that at uh, Evan's house once before you even moved here. Wow.
1: Beautiful. Wonderful. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Watching a bunch of 20-somethings like run around a yard and dig plastic eggs out of the dirt and drink the (laughs) alcoholic gelatin inside was surreal. Uh, Bacchanal. Uh, To say the least. Um, But yeah, hiding them was really, really fun. Uh, We have another video of us, like, as kids doing an Easter egg hunt. But before that, you get to watch my dad and his friend Mark walk around the attic, which is like where all of our play toys and stuff were, and like give a tour of where they decided to hide every single egg. (laughs) And it was so brilliant. Like, I still love watching that part because you get to see them be so proud. Travis had (laughs) just gotten an Ewok Village play set, which is like the best toy ever made. And like dad had managed to fit one into this like little like hole in a tree stump. It yeah. was so very well hidden. There was a I think Justin had a Hulk Hogan like rubber action figure and they had tucked one up like into his thighs that he was just like clinching with <laughs> his big powerful thighs. Um, and eggs are just a very hideable shape they're a very hideable shape they are perfect to hide um and i like that about it
0: my hope is that this is the year where henry gets really into it and then we can just do it all the time because yeah. the idea of keeping him busy searching for eggs sounds really sounds great
1: sounds real good to me <laughs> um so how much do you know about like easter and eggs the like origins of it almost nothing okay the bunny i don't know the bunny is still like I don't know, man. I don't know how we got to the bunny. There's maybe an explanation for them somewhere. I saw something about it, them being sort of equated with fertility and so eggs and maybe, but it really seems like chickens are the obvious one, huh? Really seems like when you're coming up with the mascot for this thing, a chicken, I don't want to tell you your business, but a chicken or maybe a duck is kind of the way to go. I mean, how do the eggs even start? So the egg, uh, it has been sort of associated, especially in like, early christianity early like eastern christianity eggs were viewed as a like sign of a a, like symbol of the the resurrection of of jesus they like represented the tomb that you can't like see inside and then it's the empty tomb uh it seems like a stretch to me also for lent i guess which is the what the month preceding easter uh, is I, I, back then, uh, abstaining from eating eggs was like a thing, so like, oh. that's that is it seems tenuous, but like, all right, if that's all right, if that's what y'all say. So, the hiding and looking for the eggs, uh, as far as I can tell, the earliest like history of that was actually from Martin Luther, uh, not, not king jr uh because that would be wild if he was like i've done all this amazing stuff for civil rights in this country and also i've invented this totally hot new sport so get i have this. a
0: dream it's a two-part dream it's
1: a two-part dream the first one is the only one you're going to remember but the second one is i'm going to hide some m&ms in these eggs and then i'm going to put them in various bushes <laughs> and you're going to love it. No, the uh, Martin Luther was like a early Protestant reformer. Uh, yeah. No, who, I'm familiar. Uh, you're familiar with his work. Uh, he was actually like, as far as history can, or as far as what I could find, was uh, one of the earliest ones to... Uh, do Easter egg hunts. Uh, Eggs were associated with Easter and so he thought, hey, this will be a fun game and traditionally all the men would go and hide these uh, dyed hard-boiled eggs from the women and children who would go run around and they would look for them and then they would get on the lifeboats first. That was how the women ate. That is, they had to hide all the food that the (laughs) men eat. Uh, I found this fun factoid. This is a a wonderful fun fact. The world record Easter egg hunt was held in the town of Homer, Georgia. It's a small town. 950 people live there. Those 950 people hunted down 80,000 eggs. I know you were wondering who hid these eggs for these 950 individuals. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there was one very, very, very busy, very overworked and tired sort of egg Santa Claus.
0: Can you do the math on that?
1: That's about almost a thousand eggs times 80. (laughs) I learned this other thing, and it's a a post-game game. Uh, a final, a final round, a boss fight of the Easter egg hunt. First of all, for me, it was always plastic—the plastic shells filled with candy. Yeah, I could did not, you
0: have a preferred candy to find in an egg?
1: I mean, it was almost always M and M's at our household. It was yeah, just almost huh. always, yeah. Um, I could not get as excited about a hard-boiled egg hunt. They used to do that at like our church, and that was a whole thing because they would hide those things on all three stories of our church, so it could take like a while to really find those those things. Um, there's a post-game, this boss fight, it's called Egg Tapping. I had never heard of this. Have you heard of Egg Tapping? I don't think so. Egg Tapping is a game. I'm just going to read the the first two sentences of Wikipedia explaining Egg Tapping, because they are a remarkable two sentences. <laughs> egg Tapping, or also known as Egg Fight, Egg Knocking, Egg pack, Packing, P-A-C-K-U-E-E-I-N-G, Pecking, egg-boxing, egg-picking, egg-chucking, or egg-jarping. Jar- jarp. Jarp. <laughs> Is a traditional Easter game. Hmm. In English folk traditions, the game has variously been known as, there's more names, shackling, jarping, or dumping. Jarping. Let's get out there and jarp these two things so
0: if So if, if it's not live-action role-playing... What would it,
1: it's jive action. (laughs) Uh, The next two sentences, the the following is also very good. Uh, The rule of the game is simple. One holds a hard boiled egg and taps the egg of another participant with one's own egg intending to break the others without breaking one's own. As with any other game, it has been a subject of cheating. (laughs) As with any other game, it's been a subject of cheating. Mm. On today's HBO documentary. Yeah,
0: it's a real dateline kind of sound to that.
1: Uh, Eggs with cement, alabaster, and even marble cores have been reported.
0: Oh, my gosh. By
1: whom to whom? (laughs) I love that. Is there a
0: citation on that one? No,
1: there's not. I've (laughs) never heard of egg tapping. I've never heard of the word jarping, and that's exquisite to me. And I've also not heard of these disgusting egg cheaters, these disgusting alabaster egg holders. that holding. Wikipedia
0: entry end with, like, I know what you did, Louis? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Some people have been known to cheat at this, including Louis Stanley from <laughs> Des Moines. Uh, that's it. Dick, can you tell you about the, the um, submissions from home? You want to hear them?
0: I also want to mention confetti eggs, which is a new thing I oh, learned hell yeah. since Those I are... moved to Texas. I'm not, a, honestly, a huge fan, although no. I enjoy witnessing
1: seeing one get blasted on some these are Mm -hmm. eggs that are painted after being sort of hollowed out and taped shut and filled with confetti our friend eric brought one to a lake house weekend and (laughs) smashed it on everybody's heads and then it rained and it ruined the deck and we just basically (laughs) we burned the house down and ran away before airbnb could catch us uh here's one from andrew who says i find writing a check to be low-key wonderful i only do it a few times a year and it is basically a permission slip to take money from my bank account but the process of actually writing out the dollar amount and the memo line and signing the check is soothing to me i also like seeing the subtle differences in the ways people write out numbers especially the cents. i had a home ec class where we had to learn how to write checks did you do this
0: no, I don't think so. I, I do kind of remember the experience of trying to learn how to write a check in the cents over the hundred, the little fraction, was yeah. a
1: lot. I feel like nobody's doing I still do it, but I feel like I'm the only one. I feel like nobody's still doing this.
0: Hey, I'm still doing it too. Girlfriend. Oh,
1: good. Uh, Emily says, I think racehorse names are some of the most wonderful things in the world. This year's Kentucky Derby, brace yourself. This year's <laughs> Kentucky Derby horses include Win 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 and Gray Magician. But some of my favorite horse names have been Judge Smells, Ghost Zapper, and Burgoo King.
0: Did you pick this just because I was going on a rant about the Kentucky Derby? I did,
1: yeah. <laughs> Rachel really doesn't like the Kentucky Derby. Do you want to go in on it? Oh, I we, need a, we need an after show, a live after show called Not <laughs> Wonderful. It's called Blunderful, and it's full of Rachel's oh. dislikes, including this 30-second I saw race. an
0: ad for it. And the ad just kind of exemplified all the things I didn't like about it. And so I kind of went on this little rant. I I do enjoy a fun horse name, but it can be part of the problem.
1: I enjoy all the hats. I enjoy the specialty yeah, I beverages. Like the I enjoy the community that it, the, the sense like of the community. community. And the the racing is very exciting. Albeit, I will give you quite It's brief. very, very short. But when I start getting into, it's whenever I learn about the business of it. Like yeah. this horse, I paid a billion dollars for comp. I'm like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> are you sure about it? All right. Uh, I think it's great. So you don't send those tweets to me. I won't read them anyway. Joshua says, something I find wonderful is seeing the pure joy on the face of someone when they realize they are on the Jumbotron at a sporting event. <laughs> Usually they are dancing <laughs> along to the music when they see themselves on the screen and just go buck wild. Yeah. That at the, is so fun. I went to a Rockets game in Houston and there was just so much of this. So much of this. People seemed happier there than, it, than it, like any other sort of sporting <laughs> event. I've ever, I don't know if basketball just elicits that in people. Maybe it's because it's not like like really really long
0: yeah and you're also not generally outside in the elements
1: yeah you're not sweating and you're watching big dunks and those always Mm -hmm. get your blood pumping Mm -hmm. Uh, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these are our theme song money won't pay you can find a link to that in the episode description And um, Maximum Fun is real good, real nice, real nice network to be a part of.
0: Yeah, thank you, uh, Maximum Fun, for hosting us. And I would encourage anyone who has not checked out the other shows on the network to do so because they are all... Incredible.
1: Yeah, Beef and Dairy Network, Mission to Zix, Switchblade Sisters, mm-hmm. Pop Rocket, Pop Rocket, One Bad Mother, all of them all at maximumfun.org. We have other stuff at Macroy.family, including links to our recently announced tours for um uh, a and adventure zone. And you can still get there's still tickets available, I think, in most places. Uh except weirdly like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was like, wow. Pittsburgh was like, we got this.
0: Way to show up, Pittsburgh. Yeah.
1: So I don't want to put anybody on blast, but um, Columbus and Cleveland, we're going to be there very soon. So please buy tickets. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: oh, also, if you go to the McElroy Family YouTube, you can see the live poetry corner I did recently.
1: Yeah. Yay. We also have the Rachel's Poetry Corner pin that's on. Uh, you can find on McElroy.Family. Yeah. and we are in the works getting other wonderful based merch on there that I'm we're very excited, excited about, about that. So. Uh, I think that's going to do it. And can you finish while I get back in my birthday posts?
0: Uh, this has been Rachel McElroy. Uh, and on behalf of Griffin McElroy, birthday boy, yes. I would like to say don't well, stop. Get it, get it. <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we're the hosts of Dr. Game Show,
0: which is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners, regardless of quality or content, with in studio guests and callers from all over the world.
1: And you can win a custom a magnet. A custom
0: magnet. Subscribe now to make sure you get our next episode. What's an example of a game, Manolo? Pokemon or Medication. How do you play that? You have to guess if something's a Pokemon name or a oh. uh, Medi- Medication. Medication. First time listener, if you want to listen to episode highlights and also know, how to participate follow dr game show on facebook instagram and
1: twitter we'd love to hear yeah, from you it's really fun
0: for the whole family we'll be every other wednesday starting march 13th and we're coming to max fun snorlax pokemon yes nice